Okay. Uh, all right, back in person. Hopefully uh, this week will be uh, a smooth week without uh, interruptions. Okay, we are now at the bottom of the Gimel on the bet. We have uh, we're statements of Rabbi Shua ben Levi. So we have several more statements of Rabbi Shua ben Levi, um, all dealing with uh, Mikra Megillah as well. So the last two words on Gimel on the bet says as follows, Ve'amar Rabbi Shua ben Levi, Lod ve'ono ve'gehacharashim mukafot choma mimot Yoshua binun. So he says there are three cities that are walled in the time of Yoshua. There's Lod. We're familiar with Lod because of where the airport is. And Ono. I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe they'll carry out Ono as a place where it's right. And Gehacharashim. Okay? So uh, they're all mukafot choma mimot binun habu. Okay? So Gemara says, wait a second. Vahani Yoshua bananhe. And these, did Yoshua build these? He means like its sons, but it means like the uh, like the outskirts, kind of like the, the satellite cities. So Gemara says, well, once you're once you're going, what's that? Once you're going down that road, Gemara says, according to your reasoning, where you're going to question the source of these cities based on the pasuk on Dever Yamim Perik Chet, Asa banane, or v'ha asa banane. It wasn't really alpha el. It was asa. Dichti vayiven. The translator should say arei mitzorah bihuda. I guess it lists them also. And as it wasn't alpha it was really asa. So what are you going to say? So Amr Belazar hani mukafot chomam imot Yeshua binunavu. They were really built at the time, and they were walled at the time of Yeshua binun. Charuv bine bimei pelagish begiva. They were destroyed during the time of the story of pelagish begiva. Ve'at alpha el banane. And then Elphael came along and he rebuilt them. Hadr Inbul. Then they fell down again. Asa Shabsinu. So Asa came along and he fixed them up. Okay? Daikanami, can, you can even infer this from the Psukim themselves, that this is what the process was. He said to Yehuda, like the Shev Yehuda, let's build these cities. That's what the Pasuk says. Michla, we can infer from here, the Arim Havu Meikara, that they were cities from the beginning. Meaning he referred to them like, let's build these cities. They don't usually mean theoretical cities, it means let's build these things that are themselves already or one once cities. So Shramina, so in fact, we can learn that from here. So that's a, t- a little detail about particular locations um, based on some Sukim. Um, not as much Halacha Lamaisa reference, unless maybe you uh, live in Lod. Uh, although I'm not aware of people treating load, at least the modern day load, as a walled city of Nami Yoshua Binun. So maybe that's an interesting halachic uh, question. Uh, not, now I do not believe it has a wall at all. I'm not aware of an ancient wall in the city of Lod, but, you know, maybe it's a different load, or maybe I just don't know. Yeah? If it got destroyed and rebuilt, shouldn't, and that counts, shouldn't it have said walled at the time of Yoshua Binun, not from the time of? At time of Yeshua Binun, yeah, uh, that were currently at this time built. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, we're speculating. I don't know. Could be. I think we have to say like cities that we know that had walls at that time, and then they're still cities. Um, like, but also, I think it's not. We're not talking about cities that were like completely wiped out and then rebuilt. Imagine that they were like ruins that were built on top of. It. That's what I'm imagining, at least in terms of this thing. Okay, so that was that statement. Now, moving along. Here's a very important statement. Women are obligated in the reading of the Megillah because they also were included in that miracle. Okay, so what does that mean that women were included in the miracles? This is a machloket between Rashi and the Rashbam, I believe. 
Rashi says here, if you find, uh, it's about halfway down the page in, term, in Rashi, She'afin hayu ba'otonis, She'af al-hanashim gazar haman le-hashmid laharog u-le-abed min-ar ba'atzaken ta'afinashim ve-gomer. There's also on the women, Haman decreed to destroy them and to kill them and to wipe them out. Because it says, from child to elder, taf and ashim, children and women. Okay? So women were included. So it makes sense that women should also have to be obligated to celebrate and to recount the miracle, specifically by reading the Megillah. We never obligate children because children are not barda, not bnei da'at. They can't they have enough you know, capacity to be able to be obligated. But you're right, theoretically it would be... Right, we know, the truth is, we know when it comes to hakel, for instance, right? Hakel is we gather right after the Shemitah year in Yerushalayim, on Sukkot, to hear the, the melach read, the, read from Sefer Dvarim. So there their mitzvah is on the parents to bring the children to hakel. You're right, you don't see a parallel here, at least not as an obligation to bring children to hear the Megillah. But I guess this kaza afen yubotonis is enough to get, you know to bring women into the, uh, the issue. Again, the only reason they'd be they'd be too rote is because Mitzvah Right? So that's the idea that it's overrides us. So Tosa, let's read it. We have some time. So let's read the Tosa here. Asha Afen Hayubotonis. He says, Perish Rashbam, She Ikar Hanes Haya Ayadan So Rashbam says that this term, the Afen Ayubotonis, which doesn't only appear here, it appears other places in Shas as well. Um, it means that the main element of the miracle was through them. How so? Bepurim ayyidei Esther. So Esther was the main character. Bechanaka ayyidei Yehudit. Bechanaka ayyidei Yehudit. Bepesach shebizchut tzitkaniyot shebotoha dorini galu. In Pesach we have this midrash that says that for the merit of these righteous women in that generation, that's what we got redeemed. So you see all these different cases where we invoke this idea, afin ayyub otohanes, there's always the women playing the primary role. Okay, that's a very different interpretation than Rashi's interpretation, and Tosa's part of that as well. Because de la shon she'af, he says it's difficult because the language of she'af, that even, right, afhain, even they, mashman implies she'hain tfeilot. It sounds that they were secondary. It says, oh, they were also part of it, but it's not that they were the main part of it. And the way Rashbam says it, it sounds like they were the main part. Anyhow, the perusho, according to Rashbam, according to his explanation, ha'yalu lamar she'hain. It should have said, she'hain ayu botones. They were there, or they were the ones in the miracle. Therefore, it seems to me, says Toso, Sha'afin Hayu, Bisafake. They were also involved in this in the sense of doubt, the Lashmid Valaharog, of being destroyed. The Chim Be Pesach Shayu Mishubadot Le Parab of Israel, same thing in Pesach, they were enslaved. The Chim Be Chanaka Hagzira Haita Meod Alehan. The same with Chanaka, the Gzera was on them as well. Okay? Uh, so that's in terms of the Mapasam Mahok of Rashi slash Tosvot against the Rashbam. How do we define Afinayu Botones? Tosvot has some difficulties with Rashbam, but it's good to have both those out there. Uh, if you guys are curious, let's just look at the rest of the Tosvot, just to get a little extra lumbers here. Gabi Matzah Yesh Maksha. When it comes to Matzah, we have the same idea that women are obligated in the mitzvah of Matzah. But why are women obligated in the mitzvah of Matzah, even though it's a mitzvah such as Mangrama? So it's not the Afinayu Botones, it's because. No. So the Gemara says that there's a hekish. The hekish is it says it says Yesh Makshed Lameli Hekisha Dekol De Yeshno Bebal Tochal Chames Yeshno Bekumachal Matzah. There's a hekish that's made. Okay. Now we say that anybody who is involved in not being allowed to eat chametz, right, then also has the obligation to eat matzah. So since women are obligated in the negative commandment to not eat chametz, then they also have the obligation to eat. Matzah. It's similar, by the way, to the reason women are chayobot in Kiddush as well. They have to keep the negatives, Zachor and Shamor. They have to keep the negatives, they have to keep the positive as well. So that's the point. But it, why are women obligated to not go? It's explicit in the Torah. Um, 
Okay, but then, but then the first, uh, the first paragraph talks about that, right? Yeah, that's uh, the end of the first paragraph talks about all these issues. So Gemara says, typically, but you could have had that. You could have a much easier answer to that uh, question of why women should be obligated to matzah. You just say mitam shehin hayu boto anes. Just say, well, women are we're in the miracle, so they should be obligated on the mitzvah, just like men. Gemara says, uh, I keep saying Gemara. The Tosa says, V'yesh you can answer, Demishum haitaima lo mechaiva elamidurabanan. So, first answer to Tosa is that that reason, Alfin and Yubatonis, is good enough to give you a chiyuv midurabanan in a particular thing, but you need the hekesh to make sure they're obligated in matzah midurabanan. Okay, that's an interesting assumption that this principle only works midurabanan, yeah? So, then once you need the hekesh also for. Um Mikumagila. Mikumagila is inherently the Rabbanan. Mikumagila is inherently the Rabbanan. So you wouldn't need it. Same with Hanukkah. Those are both inherently the Rabbanan Mitzvah. Okay. Ilav Mekesha. For Abdi Rushalayim Tirates, I'm not sure he's not as quite as well known in Baal Tosas, but Rabbi Yim, he said, He's saying that if you had Afin and Yuba Tohanes, then that would have given the women an, an obligation, perhaps. But you have an overriding Gzeirah Shavar, perhaps. There's a, there's a connection between Pesach and Sukkot, Tetvav, Tetvav. They both say Chamishasar, Chamishasar. And we connect the two of them for many different mitzvot. And one of the things we might connect them today is, just as women are Pturot from Sukkot, so you might say that Gzeirah Shavar would not make women Pturot from Achilat Matzah. And that would be more powerful, perhaps, than Afin Ayub And therefore, you need this special Hekesh of... Um, so that's just a of a side point, but you know, it's on the relevant, relevant to this issue. Yeah. Why doesn't Afen or Yubotonis apply like Sukkot? Like they were also saved. So yeah, the Gemara doesn't invoke I guess the Gemara doesn't invoke it. In Sukkot, I guess it's hard to pin down a particular miracle as opposed to in a, a general event where we're appreciating Hashem. Right? I think it's specifically this time where there's like we're, we're, we're saved in particular. Like Shavuot, what? What are we you know, commemorating a Shavuot? So there's no particular miracle that we're commemorating. Pesach we have. But they were like, if the principles that they were part of what was happening to Bnei Yisrael, then in every event in history, they're part of it. <laughs> okay, so obviously you have to sort of, you know, uh, the whole, and then you, and then, and then, but again, that's not, that's not Afin Hayu Botones. That's Afin Hayu Boto Historia. I mean, that's not, and that's not the claim. The claim with Avni Batonis, when you have particularly miraculous things happening, so then there's a particular obligation to give thanks for those things. You know, you should always be thankful to Hashem for your life. Right? Like I was, well, I was joking with Gabe. I got a great tremp today. Right? I got straight to Shard and It saved me tons of time and a lot of aggregation. Right? So it's, it's fantastic. I'm not going to say hollow. Right? That would be inappropriate to say hollow. But I, I, I called my wife. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I got a great tramp. You know, I said to her, if I, uh, if I complain about you know, getting bad transportation days, I should appreciate good transportation days. But that's kind of it. You know, that's like, as far as I think it goes. Like, I'm not going to say hollow because it's not appropriate to say hollow every single day. The Gemara says you can't do that every single day. It's inappropriate. Because it shows like, almost too much like a lack of being able to discern what's you know, special and not special. Okay, so I think that's the same thing here. Like, you know, you're right. They, of course they're involved in the whole history. But... There are particular exemptions for particular reasons, but when it's a real miracle that everyone participated in, then we're going to break down those essentials. Okay, let's continue here in the Gemara. Gemara says, um, So Purim falls out on Shabbat, we have to uh, investigate and be doresh, or teach the halachot of that particular day. Meaning on Shabbat. So Gemara says, well, my area Purim, what's so special about Purim? Why are you like, why are you mentioning this din specifically about Purim? Afilu Yom Tov Nami. Even for Yom Tov, this should also be the case. Titania, as we learn in the Brighton, we'll get this much later in the Masechet, Taf Lama Bet, it's the last daf in the Masechet. Moshe Tikein Lahem Yisrael. Moshe established for B'nai Israel. if I just want, just for a second, look ahead. Is this the last thing in the Gemara? Uh, 
Yeah, this is the le- yeah this this is the end of the this is the end of Masechet Megillah. So we we'll do it. So the, the key will be continue all the way to the end and see if you remember that we learned this before. That will be the challenge. Okay, so he says like this: Moshe that Moshe taught us that or instituted that we have to be doresh and discuss the halachot of the day on the day. Pesach by Pesach, halachot atzeret by atzeret, chag by chag. Okay, so every single halacha, every single day you have to teach a particular halacha. So why would Rabbi Shubham Levi specifically say this when it comes to Purim that falls on the Shabbat? He says, Purim is Tzrichalei. He needed to teach them about Purim. Why? Mahu detema, what might you have said? Nigzor mishum de Rabbah. Maybe we should make a decree not to do so because of Rabbah. Rabbah is somewhat famous because he has the era of not performing certain mitzvot when they fall on the Shabbat. For example, Rosh Hashanah, uh, to blow the shofar when it falls on, on the Shabbat. Right, because we're worried that what that we leave, and, well, like, not tchum, but we'll make carry carry for our mode because you're going to take your shofar to somebody and uh, to teach you how to do the, how to do the uh, shofar. Same with lulav, right? Not to take the lulav on Shabbat, and also mikra megillah, which we don't do on Shabbat. So you say you might have thought also not just as we don't read the megillah on Shabbat, maybe we don't even discuss the megillah on Shabbat because someone will do that. Kamash malan. That's what Rabbi Shmuel is coming to teach us that you in fact still would discuss the day. Um, on, uh, on Shabbat. Okay. Ve'am Rabbi Shua ben Levi, and here's a very important halacha. Chayab adam lekorta megillah ba'layla ve'leshanauta ba'yom. A person is obligated to read the megillah at night and to repeat it during the day. Okay, sometimes people feel this is something like, uh, I think that if you, if you follow normative halacha, you like think maybe this is obvious, but if you're looking, if you're experiencing Purim sometimes as a more experiential day, you don't know this is that. The nighttime Purim reading, I think everyone goes. Everyone goes to hear the megillah at night. The number of people who return to Shul in the morning to hear the Megillah again is much, much fewer. But this thing, Rabbi Shubham Levi, which is Halakha Lamaisa, is that you have to hear the Megillah two times. The truth is, even uh, we emphasize more that the reading during the day is actually the, the main one. Uh, but we have to be very careful about that. So that's an important thing just to remember. File away when firms around. It's not good enough to hear it at night. You have to also hear it during the day. Shanamar says, Alokai ekra yomam velo Hashem, I will call out to you during the day and you don't answer. Velayla velo dumiali. In nighttime also, and I will not be silent. Or it's not silent to me. And uh, I think Rashi points out here that this pasuk, this uh, parak of Tehillim is attributed to sort of referring to Esther, and that's the idea of Yomam and Lila, daytime and nighttime. Okay, some people thought to say that what he meant to say is l'shanota bayom l'shanota means in lashon mishnah that we should do you should read mikriy belayla you should read the megillah at night u'lemitna madita you should teach mishnayo you should learn other mishnah the mesachem megillah biyamama during the day that'd be a nice combination right you read the megillah and then you learn other mishnas um, so that's uh, so Amr lehu Rabbi Yirmiya Rabbi Yirmiya said to them to these people who thought this way ledidim if shalimi nebi de Rabbi Chia Baraba it was explained to me. From Rabbi Barama, Kagon da Amri Inche. No, the word Lishanota is like the way people say, Avor Parshada, I'll review the Parsha, duh, this one, the Etnaye, and I will repeat it. As in, Shnai Mikra, right? So the idea, I'll review the Parsha, and I will repeat it. So, same thing here, that is the idea is to hear the, to hear the Miguel at night and to repeat it. Okay. It's Barnami. It was also stated, Amr Bichelbo Amr Ula Bira'a. This is uh, Ula from this place called. Biri, Rashi says. Chayab adam likrotu dam begila balayla v'neshnata bayom. So same statement. You have to read begila and repeat it during the day. Shnei Mars. It says lemani lemani zemarcha chavod v'lo yidom Hashem alokai leolam odeka. Right. So I will like praise you during uh, your honor during the day, and I won't be silent. Hashem, I will always uh, thank you. So Rashi points out as well. 
the last Rashi in the page, So Yizamercha Kavod is implied during the daytime, and then Lo Yudom, I won't sleep at night, meaning that I won't uh, absolve myself of the responsibility of praising you, in this, in this case, reading the Megillah. Okay, so it's daytime and nighttime. Okay, moving along, the Gemara said, the Mishnah had said, that the Kfarim, the villages, right, they, they move the date, the time for reading the Megillah up to the Yom HaKnisa, the gathering day, meaning Monday or Thursday, that's previous. Rabbi Hanina says that Chachamim were lenient for the Kfarim to allow them to uh, move the time up. Okay, now we saw the reason back in the Mishnah, people we talked about it was because it's hard for them to come in and they know people who can read them the Megillah. So like, give them the opportunity to hear the Megillah. So, you know, instead of writing, coming in on a different day, uh, let them come in the day that they're used to coming in anyways, Monday or Thursday, and then they'll be able to do it. And it could be Yadal, if you bet, you give them whatever we saw. Okay, but he has a different reason, Rabbi Chanina says. He says, why? And so that they can provide water and food for their brethren in the cities. I mean, they can come in then on the Amparam itself, and they could then, but like the water and the food that they'll need for their su'uda, and everyone will be taken care of. Okay, now this, there's going to be a bunch of questions about this, um, and that will take that, but we'll stop here for now. But keep in mind, that's the idea. Keep in mind, that's a different type of approach uh, as to why uh, they can do it earlier. Okay, we'll stop here in a couple of questions.